0: You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello! Welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm John. And tonight we're going to be looking at two episodes of Ultra Q. The first will be Episode 2, Goro and Goro, and the second will be Episode 3, A Present from Mars. We'll start with Goro and Goro. There's trouble at the Awashima ropeway when a giant monkey starts monkeying around with the cables. Two science researchers living nearby in the mountains discover that their lab stores have been broken into. At first, they blame Goro, the mute boy who does groundskeeping for them, but soon they realize the break-in was by monkeys and chemicals were probably eaten. This concerns them. Goro runs off and meets up with a giant monkey, whose name is also Goro. Jun and Ipe at the airline are reading a letter from Yuriko. She's on an assignment on a South Seas island, searching for missing Japanese World War II soldiers. Yuriko's editor-in-chief arrives and has Jun and Ipe fly him out to the island where they get pictures of Goro, who they think may be harming Goro, who he is holding in his hand. Fear not, say the convenient scientists. Goro is like a foster parent for Goro. They're, they're really simpatico. The editor-in-chief turns in a terrific, heartwarming story about Goro and Goro, along with the only pictures of Goro. Yuriko's expedition returns, and she heads straight to Jun and Ipe instead of reporting for work. It's there that she learns of the giant monkey and mentions, in passing, that the South Sea's island she was on had their own giant monkey. She's then sent to do more research on Goro. When they arrive, the villagers are beating up Goro. He's been stealing food, and they're none too happy about it. Jun and the others stop the mob from killing him, but the police come and take him away. Soon, Goro is destroying the town. Goro has been stealing food from the village to feed Goro, who is apparently too stupid to feed himself. Now, he's wandered into town in search of a handout. And when the police start shooting him in the butt, things get ugly. But ugly, you might say. The military want to destroy Goro. Yuriko wants to take him to the island where he can be with the other giant monkey. The editor-in-chief agrees to this idea and gets Goro out of jail so that he can, unwittingly, drug Goro with medicated milk. The editor-in-chief also agrees to foot the bill to send Goro away. As Goro sleeps, Goro screams in anguish. The end. And I think we found why it is not generally considered a good idea. To name two of your major characters with the same name,
1: yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty clear. Perhaps in the original Japanese it's different, but
0: I don't think so. So, uh, what, what did you think of this episode? Of uh, uh,
1: I'm not quite sure what type of world it is where they they are, but if they're if somebody is that blasé about finding a giant ape on an island and then another one on an island that's right next to home, that's Wow, it's got to be weird. But, but, you know, I guess there's monsters and kaiju all over the place.
0: Apparently so. Um, yeah, this... I, I I didn't particularly think this story worked um, on a number of levels. And uh, not the least of which is, it's, as you say, they're just too blase about this whole giant monkey thing.
1: Right. You think that... that um... I can't remember her name. She'd just Yur- be you know,
0: Yuriko. Yeah.
1: Yuriko. yeah. she'd be like super thrilled that she you know came back from an assignment and had these pictures of a giant ape that the the natives worship as a god.
0: Yeah, I think she'd lead with that instead yeah. of oh by the way, there was a there was a giant ape on the island I was on too. Or or the wow. or the newspaper man, the other guy that was with her. He went back to the mm-hmm. newspaper and he was showing his photos. Look at these amazing photos I've got of the island. Here's a photo of women with their breasts out. Here's a photo with women with their breasts out. Here's a photo of women with their breasts out. Oh, and in the back of this photo with the women and their breasts out, there's a giant monkey. Wait a minute. There's a giant monkey? <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe there's a, a running uh, contest at the office. Who can outcool the other guy? And he is, like, going to win.
0: He is, he is definitely well actually
1: the, it's neck and neck between uh him and uh yurko yeah it's just you know wow
0: i also think for the for the 60s sexist uh uh awards on this when when we have actually seen the pictures uh you know it's small but we have actually seen the pictures of the native people that he is showing the boss and then the reporter goes yeah they run around the wheel island with all those naked women and he does the the hourglass figure none of those women had hourglass figures
1: no he's, he's trying to outcool the other guys yeah yep embellishment yeah it's it's just a weird and what was the deal with the scientists they were doing research on the island because there are monkeys there were they doing research on monkeys it was never clear well that's what their facility was called Oh, was it? Yeah, it was like Monkey Research Center.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Well, then you would think that they would be less surprised about monkeys breaking in and and doing things to their research.
1: Well, they probably know that that's a problem and and take steps to make sure it doesn't happen. But, uh, you know, everybody has to remember to close the door because they couldn't put a spring on it, you know, because maybe the monkeys will still be able to open the door. I don't know, but... Um, and
0: then they were talking about something to do with the what was it aobi uh, yeah walnuts or...
1: those um what were those called yeah Aoba kurumi find- some sort of uh, uh walnut type thing that i guess has uh
0: japanese super soldier uh, yeah properties but That's, but can also throw your thyroid off exactly you know it
1: I don't know if methamphetamine does that. I kind of doubt it, but uh, <laughs> it just blows it up. I don't know, uh, but uh, yeah. So yeah, the 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 spider monkey ate the uh, the walnuts, and his thyroid went nuts, and he grew to monstrous proportions. Except, mm-hmm.
0: uh, and this is the part that doesn't quite work for me. Are
1: you going to unsuspend my disbelief here?
0: I'm going to unsuspend your disbelief oh, here Jesus. again. <laughs> First off, in the pre-credit sequence, we see the giant monkey. Yes. Climbing on the ropeway. By the way, that is a real place, the Awashima ropeway at the yes. Awashima uh, it, Marine Park.
1: And ropeway, that's uh, you know, SkyTram or car. Uh, cable car. There we go. Cable car, yeah. yeah. And, and now it's um, called the Windham Grand at Awashima. Mm. Yep. Okay. But I think the cables might be taken down. I'm not sure.
0: Anyways, pretty darn strong. Well, I, I, the Wikipedia article for the ropeway is still up. It, it mm-hmm. implied that it was still in operation, but hey, uh, I went uh, looking
1: around there on Google Earth, and I couldn't. Oh, I, I couldn't, couldn't kind of the...
0: see. Oh, the the map they
1: use uh, in one of the shots is dead on. That is the location, <laughs> so that was
0: kind of cool. Yeah, it was. Continue. Uh, all right, so they uh, the monkey does his thing and scares them on the cable car, mm-hmm. then we are waking up at least the next day. Would you agree? Because that wasn't morning. Uh, yeah. Yep. So then, then we get the scientists waking up on oh, the right day in the mountains. Yeah, da, 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 da. And this is the day they discover that their important lab work has been broken into. Mm-hmm. Okay. And further, they discover that their their thyroid enhancing walnuts have been broken into as well. Which you could think, hey, those walnuts might have caused Goro to grow giant, except that this apparently happened last night and Goro was giant the day before. And Goro runs out into the woods to find Goro and doesn't seem surprised that Goro is a giant monkey, as if he's been a giant monkey for a while. So why is Goro a giant monkey? I think it's because he did eat the walnuts
1: but the scientists didn't notice that they had been eaten for a while.
0: Well, I guess. I mean I don't know if you noticed, but they when they got up in the morning and they mm-hmm. said, Well, let's get to work and they started stacking their books on <laughs> their desk, they were yeah. thick in
1: dust. Exactly. So maybe they had just arrived that day from, you know, someplace else.
0: Except and- that they did in fact say they'd been there for a month and a half.
1: Yeah, I, I saw the dust, and I read that, and it's like, huh, okay.
0: Yeah, it's like, wait, so overnight, this dust formed? Or maybe course, this is
1: the second facility. I don't mm,
0: know. yeah. <laughs> but the they listeners, just, they, help us out. They just didn't really have anything to do with this giant thyroid monkey.
1: <laughs> you know, the, the writer says, okay, we got our giant monkey. Make a story
0: about it. Here's a suit. Go for it. You know, we need some we need some uh, we need a plausible explanation. We're not going to really give it, but okay, it could be a thyroid issue. Yeah. All right. So. Right. Also, Goro, which I think says a lot of bad things about the Japanese uh, system. Apparently, his parents were killed as an orphan. And so he was raised by the monkeys. (laughs) Well, Yeah. And now he has a job.
1: Well, you know, that's good. He's what, 19 years old and has a job. So, yeah.
0: I'm not going to complain about the actor because that's not what I'm going for. But the character that they have made him to be, the simpleton mm-hmm. that they have made him out to be, is, is played very stereotypically. Oh, yeah. He is a cretin. <laughs> I think at, at an emotional cripple. And uh, yeah, so he, he, he's come off as, as, let's say, slow. And he's not very sympathetic.
1: No, I think at towards the end, when he sees Big Goro rampaging through the city, I I kind of got the feeling that he wanted to encourage him to continue because he's getting revenge on all the people who have have wronged him in the past.
0: Hmm. I didn't get that. No? Uh, I, I, I didn't get that because all he really did was run out with his jug of milk and, here, here's milk. Well, he didn't say that, obviously, because he can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... And then that little tiny container of milk.
1: <laughs> well, the editor or, yeah, the editor didn't say how much
0: sleeping meds he put in there. And it took about 30 seconds.
1: <laughs> I'm thinking he used just a little bit too much.
0: Hmm. But he didn't kill him, so he got the dosage right. <laughs> well, we don't know that yet. Oh, good point. The monkey may never wake up. Exactly. <laughs> also, very weird structure that they would have Yuriko out for the first part, have the editor go out on the assignment. Mm hmm. Have Yuri come in. It it just. And then go back out to the. <laughs> like, it just. It, it really was weird. Yeah,
1: I it don't. It was ping ponging. Yeah, yeah, the writing was kind of odd, but I kind of just. I wrote that off as I'm watching a. Television program from 1966, Japan, about a giant monkey. Yes, yeah, about a giant monkey. So maybe this was kind of a common story structure, or I, I don't know. My my kind of my feeling
0: that. was when the episode started. Speaking of common story structure, was this is the episode where the actress has the week off?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Right? It's like, oh, well, she's out on assignment, so our guest boss, the editor-in-chief, will come mm-hmm. in and he'll do the part that would normally be done by Yuriko, except that she doesn't because she comes in halfway through and then finish, finishes out the story. Maybe she couldn't be there for day one of the filming.
1: That, that could be it, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be weird, though, because it would have had to have done a massive rewrite. Like, they'd have to actually have another actor
0: show up. Well, the the editor maybe was in it anyway. Yeah, maybe because he was the one that contributed the money at the end to send Goro. Oh, to good the, point. Good point. To the island, so it's it's possible they just expanded, and that is the same editor that was in there a couple times before. Mm-hmm. Another weird thing: uh, when the editor shows up at the airline, mm-hmm. they refer to him as their boss.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm wondering if uh, if they are. Contracted by the newspaper to fly people around from the newspaper. Maybe. I'm thinking that's it. Which would make sense if you want to make sure that your people have the ability to get to the stories first.
0: I know it's been changed over the last decade or so, but how did the like local news crews and their helicopters, do they own the helicopters or do they contract with a company to do that? Well, it, it depended on the era. I think you know,
1: a couple decades ago, yes, it would be not that uncommon for a large news agency to have their own flying vehicle of some form, you know, airplane for traffic reporting and maybe helicopter for uh, flying over crimes and stuff like that. yeah. Yeah. But those are expensive to own and it would be much better just to hire some company to fly for you and have them on call pretty much
0: yeah, I, I wasn't I don't know. sure. I know that I know that the industry changed a lot when they uh, they crashed those choppers together over Phoenix. Um, yeah,
1: for anybody out there, it's uh, 2007. There was a rather bad air accident with a, two news choppers collided over a, uh, a crime scene in a park here in Phoenix, and uh, nobody uh, lived on that one. And uh, that changed how air operations were done for all news agencies. In fact, still I think there's only two two TV stations that have helicopters, and I think...
0: Don't they coordinate who goes on the site and then f- give the feed to the other one? Something like that?
1: I, um, I'm not sure about that, but I think a couple of the radio stations use them for traffic spotting. I'm not sure about that, though. But, yeah, but quite a bit's changed.
0: So, well, substantially after yeah. uh, this story. But, yeah, I... I I don't know, it just it seemed like, wait, I thought these guys were an independent airline. And then later in the episode, they answer it like they are. Mm-hmm. You know, so-and-so airlines. I think they're just on call. It could be. It could be. That's obviously the King Kong suit from Toho Pictures. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say this right now. Mm-hmm. I- I'm a fan of Kaiju Aiga. I think that they have some incredibly imaginative and occasionally funny <laughs> suits. <laughs> but I have always felt that the King Kong one was phoned in by somebody who was drunk.
1: Mm. Yeah, that, that is was an the awful one. suit.
0: It's an awful suit, and it was awful in the King Kong film. And you just look at it and go, "Have you never seen a gorilla?" Yeah, it's like, okay, Before? here's a
1: big old vat of paper mache and about eight mink coats. Go make a monkey.
0: It doesn't need to even, you don't even pretend like it's supposed to be a living creature. It make it look like a mask. It doesn't yeah. matter. It, it is the worst costume it's, I can think it's of. It's a kabuki, in,
1: kabuki giant monkey.
0: Yeah. It's a caricature. And, and so taking it and tag, putting a tail on the end of it and calling it a monkey and just using it again in this <laughs> yeah, is, exactly.
1: is from ape to monkey in one step.
0: It's terrible. And another thing that's not good is they should probably not attempt to make this suit eat or drink. Oh,
1: that was amusing. I have a <laughs> note in here that uh, Goro never hit his mouth with the milk. I guess the milk would have gotten in the suit and gone rancid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was Ooh. it was bad. I mean, he poured it down his front. The oranges, he he upends the oranges and. Every last one of them tumbles out onto yeah. the ground. I mean, he's going to starve eating like that. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and it just looks so bad. And and all they had to do was to not have a white liquid inside those jugs, right? They going to tip them up and they, kept they, what, them within what the been, of its mouth. What would have been in the jugs, though? Nothing. They didn't need to have anything in the jugs for the if they filmed it oh. right. Right, I mean, if you have an opaque, uh, if you have an opaque glass, and you put it to your mouth and drink, no one can see the fluid you're drinking unless you dribble.
1: Yeah, true, true.
0: So I'm thinking they could have done something along, you know, he could have knocked one over to show that it had milk in it, then he could have picked up the others and drank them. Yep. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, it was just, it's like not good. Don't know why not they made good. that decision. I, I have a feeling that it is something to do with monkeys. Now, I realize that's, that okay. sounds like a stupid statement. Yeah. But I have noticed over the years that whenever there is a ape or monkey in one of these shows, first off, mm-hmm. the costumes are always terrible. Even if they're obviously not derived from this King Kong suit, the monkey costumes are always terrible terrible they look ridiculous and the monkeys this one didn't do it so much they always move and act very strangely
1: like a guy in a suit
0: no 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 (laughs) i mean yeah they act like a guy in a suit but in other words they always have a lot of jumping and and prancing and and you know i don't say monkeying around but in other words very over the top Monkey actions, and we had some very, very good monkey shots of real monkeys at the beginning, mm-hmm. and they aren't acting like that. But and I'm wondering if this is some sort of a a a, a cultural representation of some sort of monkey tale. Well, could be because it it seems to only apply to monkeys and apes, and then they just really go over, and they they really don't try to make them look realistic. They don't. I, I don't know, but. Again, it, hmm. it feels like I'm missing a piece of this puzzle, and that's the only thing I can think of.
1: Yeah, it's, it might be some sort of a cultural thing, you know, mythology, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Monkey
0: King or something. I, like I know that, that there's there.
1: a special place for certain types of monkeys in Japanese culture, but I don't know too much about that.
0: So, and you know, they also at one point said, you know, monkeys are really quite nice and kind, which, you know, as anyone who knows anything about monkeys, <laughs> like, that's totally not true. <laughs> Until you don't feed them, you don't let them hand, get
1: close. What you've got in your hand, yeah, uh, or you turn your back to them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't do that. <laughs> monkeys are scary things, actually. And
1: they are shockingly strong for their size. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scary strong. And and once again, I'm glad that monkeys can't swim because this guy would have just been, you know, cruising right over to the mainland and that would have been the end of that. Yeah.
0: Maybe he could have found some food there.
1: Maybe. Maybe he Maybe. could have
0: found some food somewhere else. Or uh,
1: more giant monkeys. Yeah. Because apparently they're all over the place.
0: Well, we live in an unbalanced world. Apparently. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So one of the things is giant monkeys. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, uh
1: when uh uh Goro the Younger was being sprung from jail, yes. the soundtrack, the music, that was like a bar of music from Star Trek in there.
0: I didn't notice it, but uh... uh I don't I don't know enough
1: of the names of the Star Trek music pieces from the the original series to identify it, but it's like wait a minute, that's really familiar. I don't. I don't know. That that was kind of weird.
0: When they were coming in to to, to bail him out, yeah, to get him out there, to get him out. Yeah, you know, I'll go back and listen to it again, just just out of curiosity. I didn't notice it, but uh, probably probably is a coincidence.
1: I think so. Maybe it's just kind of a, a, a common
0: refrain. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't notice it. Uh, one thing I thought. Another thing that's that's very different was. Um, apparently it's just perfectly acceptable for a village full of people to uh, beat up on some guy. Oh, sure.
1: Happens all the time. Oh, wait. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, to it's be not a horrible.
0: Jun came in and stopped them and said, well, I would, you know, it's none of my business, but I would do this to stop you from beating up anybody. Which, mm-hmm. you know, seems pretty enlightened and progressive of him. But at the same time... Yeah, in light of the villagers beating the guy, Yeah. Yeah presumably to death if they hadn't stopped him. Yeah, yeah, or at least
1: unconscious. Yeah, give him a good limp. <laughs> Make him
0: really remember who he hates. I guess if they had the police on the way, uh I'll I'll, I'll compare this to uh I'll compare this to Taiwan for a moment mm-hmm. and just to be clear, Taiwan was occupied by the Japanese for quite a long time up until their liberation at the end of World War II. So there's a lot of it's a, quite a bit of crossover in the culture there So there may be some time here But in Taiwan, one of the things that's really funny to watch From a Western standpoint Is when they show the news When hmm. the police bring a criminal into the station yeah. They put him in a motorcycle helmet mm-hmm. And they have cops around him Because people try to beat the living crap out of him On the way into the station I didn't believe you
1: until you showed me a video of it. And it's like, you've got to
0: be kidding me. Uh-uh. Wow. You see that regularly. It's wow. like they, they want a piece of that guy. And this could be that same thing. Like the it cops are coming. But before we do that, we're going to take a piece out of your hide. Well, didn't the and police say
1: you didn't rough them up too much? Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that that's.
1: We'll take uh, our time getting there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah don't, Jeez.
0: Worry. don't worry. We're good. Yeah, uh, just stop when you middle
1: the light, uh, the siren.
0: Let's see. I, I'm going to say there's not a whole lot uh, of depth in this episode. I, I really, you know, I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I kind of enjoyed the first one. Uh, this one, you know, it was a, an interesting diversion, but it really isn't a very good story. And, of course, it leaves us with the whole notion of we have a giant monkey. He's asleep on a building. yeah. And, and end scene, end scene, end story. The end. <laughs> Roll credits. We're gonna we're gonna take him to the island. Uh how? Yeah, you know that's not part of the story. <laughs> I, yeah, I well, like the fact that they shot the monkey in the butt repeatedly. a number of times.
1: Yeah, the police just bam, bam, bam. Well, oh, you're just gonna piss him off.
0: We're <laughs> gonna pop a cap in his uh, yeah, <laughs> yep posterior. Uh, yeah. And it hurt him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I really detested these shows where bullets don't hurt the creatures, especially if it's like, oh, you know, Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Right? Those are animals. You have a big enough elephant gun, you're going to take them down.
1: Yeah, that's why they call elephant guns.
0: Yep. Yeah. Godzilla, that might be different because of radioactivity Ooh, yeah. or something. It, but, you know, when yeah. you're just talking about a big animal... Uh, they should have had no problem dispatching him. Maybe they'd have to call in the bazooka or a tank or something. Right. But, and it looked like that was the case because he was definitely reacting negatively to being shot in the butt. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm I'm sure it hurt quite a bit. (laughs) And then he turns around and sits down.
1: So, uh, Uh, you know, I didn't have a choice at that point. Uh,
0: Good point. Good point.
1: I, I did notice two things. During the opening uh, there was the voiceover that says for the next thirty minutes you'll experience a parting of mind from body and become swallowed into this mysterious time thought as that was unbalanced good Unbalanced
0: world yeah. yeah yeah it's like oh finally they, <laughs> but they said something akin to that in the first one it, not quite as profoundly yeah, twilight as exactly it didn't it
1: wasn't as interesting to hear mm-hmm yeah, and it's like okay, that you know, it, just for one episode. This no, this is actually the basis for the entire series. So I yeah, like you that get the part. feeling.
0: You, you get the feeling that they're definitely trying to go for the Twilight Zone, Outer Limits kind of feel. Mm-hmm. It just as this story went, it was a little, it was a little lacking.
1: Yeah, if you do a search for the words "Goro the Monkey," you'll find whole bunch of images of goro from ultra q plus you'll find all sorts of other kind of well and sometimes very loosely monkey-based characters but other monkey-based characters throughout the years that have also been played been named goro and uh i i think it could be because of this series it's kind of commemorating it and uh i think also the uh Possibly, sometimes simpletons are named Goro. I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> well, it would be kind of a an a. It's possible. I mean, like I said, yeah. there could very well be a uh, cultural significance to to the term mm-hmm. Goro and Goro. Yeah, you know, it could we could literally be looking at idiot and monkey. I
1: I looked up the word Goro in Japanese, and the best I could come up with was. Uh, it's a term for baseball when there's a ground ball, uh, go, go, round, ground. go yeah round, yeah, and simpleton, yeah, that's about it, huh. so and um yeah, that's about it, of course it's coming from a guy who doesn't speak or read Japanese and has to rely on google
0: yeah it, it's a um, it it's got to mean something, there has to be something that we're missing in this yeah uh, episode. I,
1: Actually, when I first saw the name of the episode, and it was Goro, and it's like, oh, isn't Goro the Japanese word for monkey? And it's not. <laughs> it's something else. But I'm not sure why I thought that. And I still cannot figure out why. I, I, I don't know. Uh, something in my years of watching anime or other Japanese programs uh, made me associate that word with a monkey or an ape? I'm not sure. Huh.
0: Yeah, weird. Well, I'm just taking a look here uh, while we were doing that. And Goro and Goro is not all phonetic. It is uh, Goro in kanji and Goro in kana. So they are two different words. And Mm -hmm. Goro in kanji is a male name. Oh, okay. That's why it looked different
1: then. Makes sense now.
0: Oh, that is, they are two different Goro's. Uh, i don 't know if the people can tell that when they 're talking to one another, but uh, it sounds like they 're saying goro to me uh, <laughs> hmm
1: uh, it was really really fast that 's all i know
0: <laughs> Yeah. i 'll say this though again, mm-hmm. apart from the monkey <laughs> beautiful, beautiful cinematography on this thing oh yeah it would look looked great even the uh the
1: you know rampaging through the city wasn 't that bad.
0: Yeah, and, and the part that amazed me was the pictures of the monkeys at the oh, beginning. So. Because don't you automatically expect when you're watching a TV show that when they cut to something like that, <laughs> yeah. it's stock footage and it looks 50 times worse it's, than or the it's rest a, of the show? It's
1: a scene that they shot last week for this show, and they're, they're sticking it in there, yeah.
0: Yeah, but... And it was inserted, obviously, but it was of the same quality as the rest of the program. Yeah, it looked I, like they
1: had just taken a photograph of the guy in the suit, maybe when was trying it on, and then they just did a a quick double exposure onto you know stock image of jungle with somebody in the foreground.
0: Yeah. Yep. Oh, I'm talking about I'm talking about when they're when they're on the cable car, right, and they're looking over the when they're going over the island and she's talking about the monkeys and they're mm-hmm. showing the real monkeys. Oh yeah. That wasn't stock footage. That was. Oh yeah. Of the same quality as the rest of the show, as if they actually shot footage of monkeys. Yeah. I think, don't I think, you expect it to be. Yeah. I expected something be from some the library see, that, yeah. you know, no, like they went eight to the millimeter zoo. film.
1: Yeah. They went to the <sighs> zoo and they shot this on a different day when it was cloudy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, on 8 millimeter film. Yeah, and exactly. And, or like when you see an airplane in a TV show. And it's the same 747, yeah. It's over and over again, <laughs> and it's, it's completely different quality film stock and everything. Yes, it's exactly. Like in this case, it was yep. like, hey, that's actually, uh, they actually shot this footage, I yeah. think.
1: It, it did look a little documentary to me, but, you know, it's kind of shots of
0: monkeys running around, so it's going to look yeah, like that. Yeah, it's bad. shots of monkeys, yeah. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I have anything. I don't know that I had that much. Uh, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> much about the episode. Uh, what what are we supposed to get at the end? Is Goro screaming in anguish because he thinks the monkey is dead, or I, because it's obviously not dead because it's it's scratching its nuts and and yeah. snoring? And
1: uh, <laughs> I, I think he's upset because his friend is is has been drugged, and whether or not he comprehends but he doesn't that, know that either. Yeah. Well, yeah, he might, you know, he's been shot and now he's fallen down. So, yeah, maybe he he thinks, you know, the last thing that he did was he gave him some milk and it killed him.
0: <laughs> and and do you think they're going to take Goro to the island with Goro?
1: You know, I would like to think so.
0: Because he'd have two friends.
1: Yeah. And who could pick a bunch him up of, and
0: crush him. <laughs>
1: yeah. And a bunch of natives who probably wouldn't really...
0: Well, I don't know. Maybe they would deify Df- yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, they better... I mean, they already deified one, so if he's like the, the best buds with a new deity that shows up in town.
1: Yeah, so he's, he's obviously a holy, so yeah, yeah you know, it could no, be a
0: pretty good gig for him. Yeah, but the nice part about leaving the story where it is, I mean, apart from the logistics of how the hell they're going to get that monkey yeah. to that island. Jun's going to take it over in a helicopter. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, is <laughs> what happens if they get it to the island? And those two monkeys do not get on. You leave quickly.
1: Yeah, you leave quickly Mm. Uh, without the monkey. Just take off and just write that one off.
0: I mean, we just sort of, I kind of automatically (laughs) assumed it was a male monkey and a female monkey.
1: I didn't assume that. I
0: figured it was, I didn't even think of that at all.
1: mm. I hope they play well together, yes.
0: Yes. Otherwise. Well, it's going to be the
1: monkey of the north and monkey of the south. That's why they fight, and that's why we have lightning and thunder.
0: That's why we have to build this giant fence in the middle of our (laughs) island. Yes, exactly.
1: Yes. (laughs) We're giving the natives industry as well.
0: Yes. Here we go.
1: (laughs) The master fence builders. (laughs) A giant wall. (laughs) Yes. Keep that damn monkey out. (laughs) And the followers of that monkey.
0: Yes. Yes. Keep our monkey on this side your monkey on that side. Because ours is
1: the right monkey, and yours is the wrong monkey.
0: <laughs> All right. Mm, allegorical, well, cool. <laughs> <laughs> See, these shows are a lot deeper than we thought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> i got to get my waiters on for the
1: next one. Mm-hmm. I,
0: should, I should say I am a little disappointed, not just because this story wasn't particularly good, but because the kind of premise of this show being sort of Twilight Zone-esque, Makes you kind of expect there to be a little depth to it, but I didn't get it out of this one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: this felt I'm, like an excuse to use the monkey costume.
1: Yes. Yeah, it did. Um, execution was poor. Story idea is good, but yeah, it wasn't done very well. I'm hoping that this is just kind of, uh, you know, first few episodes that haven't quite hit their stride. You know, the writer Settling in. Yeah, yeah, they're still settling in on the whole thing. You know, so when they get to the big flower monster, it'll be just
0: awesome. The ratings are in for this episode. No more monkeys. <laughs> exactly. No more We're monkeys. to burn the suit. But we have to Eat because we've got milk on it. Yeah. Edict from the network. No more monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> then let's turn our attention to episode three, a present from Mars, episode synopsis. It's a slow news day and Jun is taking Yuriko for some photos of Mount Mihara while flying in the area. The slow news day turns hot as a space probe plunges into the ocean near them. The craft is a Mars probe that was launched at and lost on Mars six months ago. The only conclusion possible, Martians have returned the craft to us. Scientific analysis of the craft bears out this hypothesis. The parachute is made of an unknown material, and while the probe's camera did take pictures, nothing on them is intelligible. Inside the probe are two golden orbs, about the size of quail eggs. Isn't that sweet? The Martians have sent us a gesture of congratulations, friendship, and goodwill. But just in case it isn't, let's keep these golden egg-like things to ourselves and lock them up somewhere safe. Somewhere safe happens to be in a safe, hidden behind large piles of cash. Cash which, unfortunately, happens to be the target of a bank robber. Well, technically, I guess he's not a bank robber. He's a scientific institute robber because everyone knows scientific research facilities literally have stacks of cash sitting around. He's after the cash, (laughs) but a couple of gold balls looks good to him, too. The bandit goes to charter a flight at what just happens to be Jung's airline. Jun puts up a fight, but ultimately loses and is forced to fly the bandit to an island. During the struggle, one of the gold balls falls out on the floor. That night, on the island, in a volcanic cave, the other golden ball falls out of the bandit's pocket and rolls into the hot springs. It grows and hatches a terrifying slug monster, which kills the bandit and his partner immediately. Back at the airline, Ipe has found the golden ball and, not knowing what it is, makes a necklace from it and presents it to Yuriko. Time has passed since the bandit Shanghai Jun, and now there are reports of a monster on the island. Yuriko volunteers to cover the story. They find the dead bandits, the money, and the giant slug monster. It pursues them around the island until it falls into the ocean, where it dissolves. After the events, the gang are consulting with their sometimes acting scientific adviser, and they contemplate why Martians might have sent the monster to Earth. Was it a warning? A challenge? Do they feel threatened by mankind's exploration of space? Are there perhaps universal laws that we are unaware of that we have transgressed? These questions must wait, for Yuriko's necklace has gotten warm enough to hatch. Our story ends with a giant slug roaming the grounds of the scientist's home. All right, Ultra Q, a present from space. What'd you think mm-hmm. of this episode?
1: Oh, very slug like.
0: <laughs> Are you saying slow and slimy?
1: Uh, not, well, not that slow. You know, compared to some of the other ones, it's, it paced well, I guess. Yeah. U.S., uh, yes, it was slimy, I guess. Not that you could really tell because you didn't really see the trail of slimy, you just saw the big yeah. slug.
0: Yeah, I definitely think somebody should have gotten stuck in a slime trail.
1: Yeah, that would have blown the budget
0: right there. Ooh, yeah, slime's that's expensive. True. That's true. That's true.
1: Namakuji. I, word. Uh,
0: <laughs> I thought this was a weird, structured episode.
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> they when they write these, they come up with an ending and they work back towards the beginning. It's like okay, slugs are from Mars are attacking. Well, how do they get there? Well, they hatched. Well, how do they hatch? You know, and then they work like that, and they kind of build the episode, and they just reverse it and shoot it that way.
0: Well, that's a legitimate. Uh, that's a legitimate uh, technique a method of doing it. Yeah, use, I know, but, but it's, yeah, I, hmm. I <clears throat> to me, it just it kind of feels like the the whole ending. It's I it's, am.
1: It, I would say it's not quite a cliffhanger. It's more like. Just driving close to the cliff.
0: Yeah, I'm not... I don't have a... Well, actually, what I was going to say is I am not really crazy about stories that don't end. Mm, yeah. Sometimes, though, you can make it work. And in this particular instance, I have no problem with that. We we know they have, they're not going to have any problem dispatching this slug. Right, right. So it's not like... They're really... I mean, yes, there's a slug rampaging in the yard, but it, it's not going to be a problem. So they didn't need to go into the battle and ending the slug. Right, right. So I didn't have any problem with that. It's just kind of that sort of two-humped camel we've got there where where they fight the monster and then the monster kind of anticlimactically gets killed. And then we go into this lull where we contemplate the nature of what the heck just happened. right. And then they just throw that little extra slug attack at the end. It's a very odd narrative structure. And I'm going to go with the word foreign yep. on yes. that. It, it just is not a narrative structure we would use here. And, and that's not saying that makes it wrong. That's just saying that you know we have our, we have our tropes and Hollywood's not going to break that very often. Because right. you know it's a product, and you don't—it's—it's
1: it's the language we understand. This this yeah. storytelling storytelling method that we are familiar with. It
0: less uh, successful in my mind is the the bank robber portion, or the bandit, right. or whatever we want to call him.
1: Not Safe, only does he yeah.
0: break into a research institute, <laughs> which you know, ordinarily I would say that that's the Dumbest thing possible because in the real world research institutes do not have a lot of money. No. So unless you're after chemicals or equipment or something like that.
1: Yeah, disintegration beams or visibility sprays or yeah, industrial tanks.
0: secrets. Anything yeah. like that. But this guy goes in with a blowtorch to cut open a giant vault, which then weirdly inside has a little safe yeah it's just it's a wall
1: with a little box behind it with a small safe that's it
0: yeah where they carry they have a safe full of cash i mean comical piles of cash
1: that's you know petty cash incidentals
0: i guess i mean if those those are one yen bills maybe (laughs) but i don't think they have one yen bills no so uh, well i didn't back then but who knows still they did uh, it was, it was just weird. And then, oh, we tucked the, we'll hide the golden balls from yeah. research from Ugh, an alien planet. We'll put those behind the cache.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why you never let the, uh, the intern that's been there for 20 years handle things like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was, <laughs> let's. Let's not study these or anything like that. Let's go put them put yeah, them somewhere like, safe. Here, Goro, okay. go take
1: these and hide them somewhere. Okay. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> they should not have hired Goro from last week. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> so that was weird. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna call them out for the outfits that the robbers wear. Well, that's typical mafia wear. That is absolutely every Japanese criminal you see yeah. in this type of show. They've all got the black suit, the hat, the sunglasses, the, the, it's, the light-colored tie. Yeah, yeah. That's well, you know, what, well, Yeah, that, that is <laughs> that
1: is mafia wear or uh, yakuza wear. Perhaps. Yakuza, yeah.
0: You spot that, you see somebody wearing that, you know they are definitely up to no good.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've I've seen enough uh Pete Takeshi films to see that uh that's somebody that you should avoid.
0: But it's in, you know, it's in everything. All the kid shows. I mean, you just you see somebody in that get up and you're like, yeah. This this just put it just arrest the guy. He's obviously criminal.
1: <laughs> well, you know, that's it's more of that uh storytelling shorthand, you know, yeah. like uh uh, the the little uh, domino mask on the th- the face obviously that's a thief uh, yep. you know and and uh, the the scientists have a beard and glasses Yep and yep. Uh, you know uh, yeah, stuff like that yeah librarians have it, glasses it,
0: that sort of thing yeah it was definitely a uh, anyway but he breaks in mm-hmm. right fine breaks in he he gets the cash he sees the gold balls he thinks hey gold balls okay. Uh, he takes the gold balls out of their convenient carrying case and apparently sticks them in his pocket. Oh, that would
1: destroy the lines of the suit if you put the box in there. Come on. Oh, well, there you go. Socks. That
0: explains why the balls kept rolling out and That's he right. was utterly unconcerned about losing two gold balls.
1: Oh, because he had a huge briefcase full of, of uh, yen, lots of One bills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you no, know, put a thousand yen in there.
0: Ooh. Oh, we're rich. <laughs> So uh yeah. And of course he goes to where else? Jun's airline.
1: Mituya Air Services.
0: Yes. <sighs> Pushing the coincidence level a little bit here in this it's, story.
1: Yeah, it's you know it's the closest uh closest airfield to the science research center.
0: Sorry, right down Do we know do do we know where that airfield is?
1: no uh, I can guess, just going off by uh, where Jun mentioned the thirty fifth, uh, thirty five degrees when they found the uh, uh, the capsule, and that yeah, well, they were... that puts them around Tokyo, so it's somewhere in you know the Tokyo area, perhaps.
0: Okay, so I I was starting to write that down, but he says my latitude is thirty five degrees, and then. And Nothing then they else. cut off. Right. And it's like, well, there's a there's a whole lot of world out there that's at 35 degrees. Well, not but, really, because those airplanes
1: don't go that far. <laughs> correct. Except that yeah. they were around Mount Mihara. I'm not, I didn't look that up, though. Where is that? Yokohama. Uh, south okay, of there, Yokohama. Yeah. That's like 20 miles south of Tokyo.
0: So uh, it's out it's out past the bay. It's on an island out okay. past the bay. Yeah. Then they they find it, right? But they call the coast guard. The coast guard takes it somewhere. I'm assuming they took it. Do they take it to the nearest science research, or do they take it to the right science research place? You think
1: they took it to the right one?
0: Yeah. So we don't know where that is, Tokyo or. Well, I'm going to assume it's
1: Tokyo. I mean, that's where you'd put something like that. I, I would think that.
0: I mean, they, granted, yeah.
1: their space program now is like in the south, but that's just because it's cheaper to
0: fly from there, right? Right. The further, closer to the equator, the easier it is, but because mm-hmm. you get the extra spin throwing you yep. off the planet, and uh, <laughs> yet the space research institute or whatever it is happens to be close to Jun's airline. It just—it's it, too much of a coincidence that they found the ship or they found the space probe. Then the space probe gets sent to a place that's close enough that the bandit thinks that Jun's airport is the best place to go to charter a plane to get out to fly to a different island, which I could not find. They gave the name, and I I think it's something like Owaru. I was thinking he was going to say that it was uh, uh, Oshima, which is where Mount Mihara is. Oh, I see it. So let, let's try this one. Mm-hmm. guy comes into your airline, demands that you fly. You go, well, I can't fly at night. It's against the law. Mm-hmm. Even though you should know the guy is Yakuza because he's wearing the Yakuza gear. Hey, he pulls a gun on you. You try to fight him off. You lose. He beats you up. So you fly him to where he wants to go. Yeah. Right? And you drop him off. And as he lets you leave instead of killing you, he says, don't bother trying to find us. We'll be in Macau by morning. <laughs> okay. So Jun flies off. Now, my first thought is get on radio call authorities. Mm-hmm. Tell them that you just left him on this little tiny island and let them deal with it. But it kind of seems like Jun didn't do anything.
1: Yeah. I, I kind of got the feeling he didn't even tell anybody he got yeah. beaten up, essentially rolled and, and, and forced to fly somebody somewhere.
0: Yeah, it felt like that. It felt like it wasn't anything. And when they go to the island where the monster is, he doesn't mention the fact that, hey, I was just forced to fly here. the bandit. Uh, well, if It, it did say island. something
1: about is this the guy who beat you up or something like that? Yeah, they did say that. that. It's like, okay, he so you told him when he was off camera. Yeah.
0: But you'd have thought the police would have searched the island already if if he had reported it to the police. Mm-hmm. And apparently they didn't go check the cave, because... And it must be a few days later, because now they're getting reports of a monster on the island.
1: Right, right. Horrible noises and stuff out there.
0: And just coincidentally, Yuriko is the one who's, like, jumping for the assignment. Oh, of course. Because that's her that's her beat. The monster beat. And she knows um, the
1: entertainment... Uh, a reporter is not going to do a good job,
0: yeah, in fact,
1: he'll probably just pass out in the back of the plane <laughs> it's a weak constitution
0: I liked the idea behind it, mm-hmm, just a little just a little too neatly wrapped up in a weird pile of coincidences.
1: well, each episode's what twenty six minutes long, yeah, they don't did have a it? lot of time to yeah, to... so. I'm kind of surprised they're able to do as much as they can, but but yeah, still. You know, this goes back to two things. You've got it's a foreign program, and it was written fifty plus years ago. Yeah,
0: what'd you think of that scene where they were at the uh, the research, and they were all kind of going over the going over the information about the probe?
1: Oh, looking at the big stack of photos. Yes. Passing the golden balls around?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know oh, about and the, you. The parachute, yeah. The parachute. I don't know about you, but if I were having this big meeting with all the brains, which I assume mm-hmm. it's with all the brains. Well, there's a doctor and an observer. <laughs> the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Um, wouldn't you lead with the gold balls?
1: <laughs> I don't know. It depends. You know, maybe they're saying we're, we're going to... We're going to lead off with the data that was supposed to come from the probe, and then we'll follow it up with this amazing discovery of an But they fought, they from started
0: the with a parachute.
1: Well, true, true. They did pass that around.
0: <laughs> everyone handed everyone the parachute. Like, why did the aliens need to make a new parachute? I don't know. I, that was
1: confusing. I mean, it looked <laughs> weird, but yeah.
0: Yeah so they uh they passed around the parachute they're like oh this is yeah this is a, definitely an alien fabric i think they did i think they did send it back and then here are the pictures and everyone takes their turn looking at the pictures and they can't tell what it is but to their credit the filmmakers credit mm-hmm. not the scientists credit when you see the monster later <laughs> you realize what you were looking at yep which is good it's good you you would never know what it is until you've seen the monster but uh that was, that was good. Yeah, I
1: have a, a theory that the probe actually landed and started doing its surveying mission on the surface, taking close-up pictures of the inhabitants of Mars, and uh, they figured out what it was and thought, okay, hey, let's send something back to, uh, to Earth. And so they, they took a couple of their, uh, their fellow countrymen um, and- A couple of ambassadors. Exactly. They sent ambassadors back, and they just have a a, a strange way of of uh, either Opening uh, to communicating or perhaps the extra oxygen caused them to go crazy, or who knows what. The salt in the air made them uh, in amazing pain Burr. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. He who knows? Yeah, it was probably a peaceful meeting. It was totally misinterpreted.
0: Totally misinterpreted. Yeah, I. <laughs> I, I <laughs> But then, and then they fall off with it, like, and I must And then we got these two gold orbs. That look, yeah. and the guy says they look like quail eggs. Mm-hmm. I think that from the moment somebody says they bear a resemblance to eggs, <laughs> telegraphing, maybe, maybe you should be treating them a little differently than you are, other than handing them around in the sciences, going, oh, kawaii. Oh, but they're gold. They can't be anything. They're eggs. so cute and gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, let's not tell anybody about this. Put this in the safe. Yeah, <laughs> Goro, go put this away. hmm <laughs> Yeah. Ah. Now, what we did see, and you've already alluded to it, is we've seen what it looked like a long time ago when... People would put stuff in foreign languages on their t v shows when they know no one can read it i mean this is true in this is true in the United States too they'll put a placard mm-hmm. up in a in a in a sign that says something in a in a foreign language that you know people can't read and if you actually can read it, Broccoli it may car? not it may not say what you you know what it it should say and in this case this the signs, in particular, were the placards for the scientists. And our... And this guy with the beard, the doctor, mm-hmm. is a recurring character.
1: Ah, uh, okay. I was gonna say that he looks like he's a little bit too made up to be just a one-off.
0: Yeah, he's their sort of sometimes go-to scientist dude uh, to talk well, to. That um, fits
1: with the classic scientist look.
0: Yeah. yeah. But his sign says... Doctor. Yes. <laughs> in very clear, big, bold English block letters. Doctor. And and I think as you said, one of the others says observer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, didn't I didn't catch ca- the other ones. But, you know, they know that in nineteen sixty whatever Six. the audience is not reading English. No, probably not. Well. I mean that was not widely taught yet like it is or it has been since then. So, you know, you can imagine the audience just going, oh, I recognize those are English letters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Should have had his name on it, I'm thinking. So I, don't, I have no idea what the guy's name is, the character. Probably just Doctor. <laughs> yeah. Sees the Doctor, who, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's
1: totally unique.
0: What I think is interesting about this story is that little bit between the eggs where they are having the discussion about what were the motivation mm-hmm. of the Martians, yeah, and it's easy to take it as a threat, right? You invaded our planet, so we're invading back. Um, that one seems pretty straightforward, as you say. Perhaps they were ambassadors. That wasn't a uh, wasn't an option that was brought forward in this. Nope. But the bit about well, so the two things. One is you know here we are sending our probes out and maybe they feel threatened all right fair enough right i mean that's that's what's happened throughout the history of exploration on our world mhm you find some place you colonize it you exploit it you at the expense of the indigenous people it makes perfect sense i, yeah. I can i truth. can get that and so that, that's a, a, a bit of self-reflection on the human race that rings true. All right. Fair enough. All that. Then they go into this the whole thing about maybe there's some universal laws that we don't know about. That so feels so far out of left field.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure where they came up with that one, but maybe it was just complete, you know, random
0: brainstorming. It does. It does echo the day the Earth stood still, yeah, or it.
1: You know, maybe it's kind of a precursor for series that will also
0: bear the Ultra name in the future. Uh, uh, yeah, I. I. I don't think they were thinking that. I just think it was. It, you know, it was interesting that they, contemplating the nature of law and order outside of Earth. Mm-hmm. It's like we don't know about it, so maybe yeah. we've gone out and transgressed their laws. Yeah, we should go out and, no, like, and join the universe. Well, may they? Minute let you us could in. join some yeah. like some sort of united federation of of planets. Yeah. And they could have ships and they could all be going on some sort of a trek to the stars to the- <laughs> Yeah so, nah um, it
1: never happened. Nah it never worked. No. Nope.
0: We because we're still too warlike and we have discrimination and even places where they have human trafficking. <laughs> Didn't which, expect you know, to see
1: that on there, by the
0: way. Yeah, that was that's right out of the episode. They they bring that up and and just go at it. I'm like, okay, this is surprisingly, uh, I say dark, but I mean (laughs) introspective about how rotten we are. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we're not worthy to join their intergalactic federation. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I how, how will you know till you ask? And and if you have to ask, you can't join. Yeah. That's true. If you yeah. If you want to join us, you can't. That's that is right off the bat. Yeah. That disqualifies you.
1: Yeah, maybe it's this is kind of alluding to what aspirations the the writers for the show have.
0: Well, I think like I think that that's the piece that they were writing to. If if there was anything that they wanted to put in and then they fleshed around it, to me that feels like that moment to get them in that room where they could talk about that and they could make some social commentary yeah. on the human race and not good social commentary, but, but social commentary.
1: Yeah. An observation, you know, maybe back in the sixties in Japan, maybe that was something that you just didn't do, you know, talking about subjects like that on television was, you know, maybe that was fairly, uh, you know, forbidden, I don't know, or at least not forbidden, but, to, you know, frowned upon.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't it's know. it's hard it's hard to it's hard to imagine that because you know the you watch any a lot of Japanese T V you you know that the norms for what's on T V are very different than ours in in many ways.
1: Right, but I haven't watched hardly any television from nineteen sixties Japan. No, 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 <laughs> no.
0: Exactly. But I mean it's it's easy to project that it's easy to project that they were very different then too. Just I don't know. It 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 was weird. And I, you know, kinda wonder if maybe going back to the notion that this was supposed to be the Twilight Zone for Japan, mm-hmm. that this was the big the moment that they were trying to prove that we are thoughtful and meaningful.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Instead of just a show about giant slugs. Exactly. <laughs> What did you, th- <laughs> what did you think of the giant slugs?
1: Oh, uh, Nanagon was was was. I don't know. It looked pretty good, actually. That's what I
0: thought. Yeah, yeah I mean,
1: a- as as you know, big uh, slimy, uh, glistening, bug-eyed with glowing eyes, um, giant slug slugoid things. Go! It looked great.
0: It was it was a pretty good costume. I was saying it yeah. was light years better than the ape last time. I did see
1: a bes- behind-the-scenes shot of, uh, I think, the creator, I'm not sure, standing on set uh, for the scene where uh, Namagam breaks through the uh, the cave it was in. Okay. And it looks like the model is about three feet long. So pretty decent sized. And that that sounds about right for when it fell in the water. The splash mm-hmm. looked decent. You know they might have actually built one that's slightly larger for that.
0: The water yeah, looked it's, right. It's hard to get water to look right. Yeah, doesn't scale because it doesn't, because it very doesn't well. miniaturize. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that's always a problem. I thought that shot of it busting out of the mountain looked pretty good.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, that was good. Yeah, and, you know, and in you know, uh, ambling or whatever you would call a slug moving. I uh,
0: can't say walking. Yeah. Uh, I guess it
1: does. It's got one big foot.
0: Hmm. Except that it had little tiny. It looked like it had little tiny feet. Oh, did it? At one point, it did. It I thought those were like just kind of flippers. Like
1: little, little uh, um, oh, that that skirt that the slugs have. That yeah, forms part of their the foot. Their I, foot. I thought they're just little nodules on the edges of it or something like that. It could be. It could. But when be. it was uh, moving and, and kicking the the boulders around, that looked pretty decent. Mm-hmm. And it shot energy
0: beams from the eyes. Yeah, the energy beams not so good, but but uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying the show. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a little uh, wanton destruction. Um, We're not getting, I don't know, we're kind of not getting satisfying endings.
1: Yeah, I think that could be the way that all of these are, where they just kind of have, you know, we've given you this information and it's up to you to come up with an answer, which is fine, that's it's a fine way of telling a story but uh, sometimes it's nice to have a little less ambiguity in the a little thing. more closure yeah yeah exactly
0: yeah didn't bother me on this one like I say all I had to do is to get you know a fire hose with some salt water in it yeah although the scene where the scientist says to his assistant <laughs> he says go get some salt so- make some salt water Pre- prepare some salt water I could just see the next
1: scene he comes in with like a little uh, 500 milliliter. Liter beaker of warm salt water and hands it to him. It's like, uh, look at the window. Oh.
0: Yeah. Well, when well, you told me it was only about uh you know, three feet across. so he
1: gave no context to the assistant.
0: Yeah. Just get some salt water. Like, Go okay. make some. What solution of salt water, sir? Yeah. Percentage? <laughs> What's mm-hmm. it for? Gargling or uh floating eggs or what? I a buffering solution, what are you going to do with it? Oh, yeah. yeah. John, mm-hmm. unless you have something else? Nope. Not really. Then I will say thank you for joining me. No, oh, you're very welcome. And listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. There are over 500 previous episodes available at FusionPatrol.com join the conversation on twitter our website or facebook find out how you can become a supporter at patreon.com slash supporters get early access to all regular episodes bonus episodes and more there's even an optional podcast series where we're looking at the classic tv series babylon 5 our music is fight the future by amber wolf this has been a lone locust production